AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Welcome to River Cafe Table 4, a production of iHeartRadio and Atomize Studios. My good friend Ivan Wirth, the Swiss gallerist, co-founder of Hauser & Wirth, and I met through a mutual admiration and love for the artist Philip Guston. I grew up in Woodstock, New York, where Philip and his wife, Musa Meyer, were close friends of my parents. When some years ago, the Guston estate chose Hauser & Wirth to represent them, Ivan and his wife, Manuela, came to tea. We began talking that day about art and food and family, and we really haven't stopped since. Having one restaurant, I personally cannot imagine having a gallery, but not only does Ivan have 15 galleries all over the world, he has four restaurants, a farm, a farm shop, two hotels, and soon a bar and a restaurant in the center of London. How does he do it all? Honestly, I don't know. But maybe after this conversation about family and food, I will. Let's begin with Grouse. Thank you, Ruthie. Well, I'm going to read to you one of my favorite recipes, roast grouse with Chianti Classico. It serves four, so you need four grouse. Eight plum tomatoes, peeled, four thick slices of sourdough, two tablespoons sage leaves, eight sprigs of thyme, 200 gram unsalted butter, half a liter Chianti Classico. You have to preheat the oven to 220 degrees. Stuff each of these birds with sage, thyme and butter, season well. Put the grouse in a buttered pan, breast side down. Roast for five minutes, then turn them over. Add the wine, tomatoes and cook for 15 minutes. Baste, adding the bread to soak up some of the juices Roast for another 10 minutes. Then remove the grouse, tomatoes and bread from the pan. Add the butter and wine and over a high heat reduce. Serve each bird on the tomato bruschetta with the sauce poured over. Thank you, Ivan. And I was so thrilled that you wanted to have grouse as your recipe. Why is that? It's something that I actually uh, discovered in Britain, and it comes from largely from Scotland now, or Yorkshire. It's seasonal, so it's not like fish, or, you know, it's, it's very, it's seasonal. It's the winter, uh, the fall, the winter, a bit like mushroom. I fell in love with the taste. I love the food of autumn, don't you? Because it's kind of, people always say, summer food, it's so perfect, and so, but I think for cooks, the actual experience of autumn when it comes to white truffles, the porcini, the grouse, the gate, you know. It's it all very... comes together. Do you remember where you had it the first time? Was it in a restaurant or someone's home? No, actually, I had it at somebody's house. Yeah. 
And it was interesting because half the guests uh, didn't want to touch yeah. it, and, <laughs> and they were not, they were not vegetarian, yeah. and and they said no, thank you, and they got chicken. There's something fantastic about eating a whole bird, isn't there? Something that when you get the bird on your plate with the bones and the and the experience of having, you know, serving somebody on their plate. And you uh, work for your food. I and mean, you, you really have food. to be <laughs> biting off the bone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you started very young with your first gallery, didn't you? What year? What year 86. was that? 86. 86. I, I started to sell art and... What really I realized very quickly was that to share the bread with an artist or with a client, both, yeah, right. it's the way to people's hearts. You know, really the most important critical moments in my life in that, that were good, mm-hmm. the positive ones, mm. were usually about having a, a meal. Sharing a meal, yeah. And would that be bread, in a re- would that be in a restaurant? Or? And that would yeah, that is you. Well, it was early on. It was, and and now, of course, uh, it's been sometimes. It's in studios, and yeah. we share. But it's about food. Yeah. And yeah, break the bread with someone, mm-hmm. eat, have lunch, dinner, a pick whatever, and you have a glass of wine. You people speak from their heart. I agree, and it tells you so much. We were talking about how very often people will want to take a, a date or if they meet somebody, they'd like to go to a restaurant because sitting at a table or at home, the way someone eats tells you a lot about the person. My passion for, for eating and food and drink was something that I discovered in the artists I liked. And it can be very different, you know. It, yeah. it rarely ever is about Michelin yeah. type of food. Yeah. It's not. Some are more passionate, but what they all share is mm. this intimacy which is a controlled intimacy because you mm. sit on a table right. with someone. Yeah. They love that. But I, coming from Switzerland, working with, with some of the Swiss artists, the mm. food was integral part mm. of their, even the work. Yeah. You know, one yeah. of my heroes was is Dieter, Dieter Roth. Yeah. And he yeah. made, from yes. the 60s on, yeah. art out of food. Yeah. Also, do you think that there's something about working in your studio all day that solitariness of working as, you know, I know that in New York, a lot of the abstract expressionists and a lot of the young painters of the 70s, the, they went to Max's or to the bars, you know, and they congregated there and there was a lot of drinking and a lot of food. Do you think that that's part of that also, getting together and sharing and being around a table and talking as well? I mean, being an artist is, is largely a lonely... It's a solitary... A lonely, per solitary yeah. profession. Yeah, yeah. And particularly... I find that painters are more lonely or solitary yeah. than than sculptors or other yeah. other right. because you work in a you team. Need it, yeah. You have yeah. a team. Yeah. yeah. And so I think the reason some of the great painters today have people that that are around them yeah. is of course to help them. Yeah. Because it's complicated, you've got, mm. to, you've got to be, you know, it's mm. not just making the work mm. now. There's, mm. there's mm. the world's gotten more complicated, yeah. the shows are all over the world. There's logistical reasons, but there's also about solitude, solitude. being lonely, being, and, and some artists have, have, and I've seen some beautiful kitchens in yeah. studios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it really is phenomenal. When I go to Mark Bradford's studio, he has a, well, the, he, has an extru- he has an interesting relationship to food. I, I wouldn't say he's, a, he's not, he doesn't cook. Mm. He, he's really LA. Mm-hmm. He orders, or yeah, he goes to Mexican yeah. restaurants, or sure. or he has my some of my favorite meals there is when 
his uh, when the Lopez family that worked with him, his yeah. instances, and there's an entire clan, a family, when the father comes yeah. and he cooks uh, a Mexican lunch yeah. and it's the grill and it's the sauces yeah. and it's like, oh God. Yeah. It's, so, but he also has a kitchen. Yeah. And then or was Fisher who has a, has, has, a, has a passion about food, has published cookbooks yeah. of other people. Yeah. It's quite uh, the common nominator. Yeah. And our, our mutual friend, Philip Gustin, used oh, yeah. to come. They had a teeny tiny little kitchen, I remember that. But they ate beautifully. When you went there, there was always a very simple way of eating, but he loved food. And he came to, they came to my parents' house a lot to eat. They would call up in the afternoon and Philip would say, Sylvia, I'm coming for supper. And, you know, but he was our link. And that's how we first met was when you, you coming came ca- coming to see the Gustins. As I was saying, the relationship between art and food, and I have to say, your galleries and food. And so is there anyone else who has a gallery in Los Angeles and opened up Manuela's, which is a fantastic restaurant, downtown L.A. Great, it's great, great compliment. And great. All the art, to our artists eat great for Great compliment free. to you. <laughs> Talk about art and food. Who else would, for their 50th birthday, have a cookbook? A cookbook as a present, which I think all your friends in every city, Manuela really orchestrated oh, this. I, I was tell you. lucky enough to be asked to, to participate. And it's one of my favorite cookbooks because oh. it does actually combine, you know, food and love, doesn't it? Every page is a recipe, but every page is about a relationship that you have with food and with your friends. And so how do you feel when you look at this book and, and see? Oh, I was crying when I got it. So mm. I got Manuela secretly started mm. two years before my 50th mm. birthday, which was mm. last year. Mm. The concept of this was she invited, and you were one of them, mm. very kindly, beautiful, to contribute to this cookbook, mm. a, a recipe that was meaningful to them. She then organized dinners mm. in the places we were mm. they cooked one of the recipes so yeah. this community that yeah. we that we've built up over the last mm. 30 years together came yeah. together yeah. and the book shows pictures from it it's it shows beautiful. the recipes it's 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 very touching it's, i have goosebumps every time yeah, i look I at do it t- well, I, it's not and then everybody for some people it was the last mm, meal meal they had together mm. that was so when people got the book mm. During COVID, we I sent it out yeah. sent it to you yeah, and everybody. That me, it's, it's they said they were they were yeah, they felt the same, and so you see how important for everyone it really is. Tell me about early childhood in Switzerland. Well, I I grew up in the mountains mm. near the mountains, the sort of pre-Alps yeah. and the Tockenburg particular area. My father is from Appenzell, mm-hmm. which is a mountainous mm. area in Switzerland. It's where cheese comes from. And, you know, the Bishop Burger ads, yeah. it's always the Appenzell and the folk art. And my mother is Italian, half Italian, and her family, the Italian family, is from the Alps, from the Dolomites, mm. from so northern Dolomites, Italy. Yeah. So the, the, the mountains mm. and wilderness, if you like, played a big part. In my life, was so cooking a big thing in your house? We, did they? What did they cook? Your- in Switzerland, you 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 go home over for lunch. It has its it has both sides. I mean, it keeps the the mothers at home, mm. but it was of course also everybody got together yeah. three times a day. Yeah. So we came home for lunch. 
at breakfast, we came home for lunch, we come home for dinner. So it's not a day school. Mm-hmm. And that meant that there was always cooking. Yeah. My mother would be, she would work and cook and, and they would all happen at the same time. So she was work? a working what mom. What was her work? She was a teacher. Right. So she would come home from teaching. Yeah. Or she would work yeah. half time sure. or she's been going through, uh, yeah. she was a passionate teacher all her life. Yeah. She, in the end, taught uh, refugees, kids, German. But no, cooking and food. And my grandfather, I mean, I mean, my grandfather, this is one of the earliest memories, really. That generation of Italian immigrants in Switzerland didn't want to be Italian. The only thing he would, would still do is the cooking is, was a lot of Italian and, and the swearing. And but he wouldn't speak <laughs> Italian. He wouldn't speak Italian to anyone. So I only yeah. remember him swearing yeah. Italian. But they came before, you know, they came... Just before the first war, so turn of century came. So, so they cooked the food of the Dolomites of and so northern they, he Italy. Cooked, well, I remember him doing risotto mm-hmm. in the really? risotto in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and and so I have more memories, interestingly, of cooking and food in a way about my grandparents yeah. than yeah. about home because yeah. home was just part of life. But right. my my grandfather's home there was the you know there was also a great tradition. Friday was apple tart with a soup or fish and then you had the and we and visited it was a was ceremonial cooking yeah. your grandfather was in the kitchen cooking because that, yes, that's cooking. unusual isn't it yeah. for an Italian man well only that. on the weekend oh okay yeah. yeah he 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 was from a family of stonemasons and so he had a small construction company but the weekend it was a ritual and we lived from the moment we lived in his t- town again mm-hmm. We were living elsewhere in Switzerland. When we came back, yeah. we went there regularly, you know, on the weekends. And that was that was just a, and uh, one of the, the smell, the taste, yeah. the smell, and him doing tur- the risotto was yeah. a... That's so, a beautiful um, mem- memory. Is that what you say? And what about the Swiss side? What would you, if you would have risottos and Italian food, what did you have from the well, Swiss I, part of I, your family? My father was a mountaineer. He was an architect and still is. Uh, my mother, the father's still alive, but he was a, um, a very, you know, a mountaineer. He is. He was a member, early member of the Alpine Club. He was then a president for many years of the, the eastern section yeah. of the Alpine Club. Retired this year, last year. So we, it's the food of the mountain huts. What is that? So it's the food of the mountains. We would the the Alpine Club has okay. hundreds of huts. I don't know how many but all over the Alps. And as a member, you can stay and eat. And it's cooked by dedicated people that live there for a season. And it's very basic food. So one of my favorite dishes of all time is this barley um, Barley. soup. That is the Gersten Suppe. That that's how I grew up. What is <laughs> in it? Ma- is it no meat? It's just barley. It, it can't. Well, it has dried meat in it. Of dried yeah. meat. Yeah. So mm. it's barley. It's got some herbs. It is a broth, mm. and the dried meat comes in in the end. It's a very rich and a mm. bit of milk mm. or cream, huh. cream. Yeah. Mm. So it's a very rich mm. soup. One of the most delicious soup. I mean, yeah. I grew up on on on, on these type yeah. of soups. And when you arrive in your hut, mm. you well, you have a, a sandwich on the mountaintop, mm-hmm. but then you go back to the hut, and that's mm-hmm. the soup is a. It's because they can prepare it and heat it up a few yeah. times. Yeah. So um, it was, it's amazing. That's a kind of amazing image to think of. Would you have the soup out of the mountains as well? Would you have it Would you have it when you weren't hiking for the last 12 hours? And would you sit down to a soup like that at home? Uh, oh, no, we'd still do. I mean, yeah. if I go back to Switzerland, 
now mm. and we go to the mountains mm. and you you arrive and you want to have a lunch or mm. or something small something just something basic yeah. i would have a guest and so yeah. so it's like a great plate of it's a bit like a pasta like a spaghetti yeah. you know it's 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 it's, it's not well it's not that easy to make it good yeah it's very basic but you got to be precise that's what we know isn't it the few ingredients you have you've yeah. never attempted it no oh no no, I, I I wouldn't I couldn't do yeah, it. No, yeah. I it's some dishes that are so connected yeah. with a place you would not go near it. So often you come here with your children for dinner. You come to my house with your children. Tell me about cooking as a family. So the kitchen is the heart of our house. Uh-huh. So we, Manuela, being a cooking instructor, but before she joined the gallery, she is just, she's the master of ceremonies. I didn't know that. She oh, yeah, she cooks. I mean, she cooks. This is yeah. an extraordinary chef. Yeah. And so she would orchestrate all uh-huh. five of us. Uh-huh. Everybody can can uh, contribute to what is cooked today. It's the first question in the morning, is, is what are we cooking for, <laughs> for supper? So, no, it's extraordinarily important. It, it's where everything's being discussed. It's very old-fashioned. Right. I mean, that's Manuela. That's nice. She lost her father young. Right. Her mother, Ursula, worked. So, and he had two siblings. And Ursula didn't come home for lunch, unlike right. my mother, because right. she worked. Right. And Manuela cooked. There's right. great pictures of Manuela standing on a little yeah. stand, cooking for the siblings mm-hmm. and so it's a critical integral part of the well-being of our family and what we do now is very strange we so if if twice a week or as we feel two kids are not they're studying in america the oldest two in america so we would when we are doing dinner we facetime Face them time. and they sit and we put them on on a, the glass and they are there scotland the kitchen is is uh, this marvelous, marvelous big room, and it's big, got a big table where we eat and another big table where we cook and an open fire, and and so we love we love doing that. The, and one of the highlights of my early life childhood was actually going to the woods. And I was a Boy Scout. Mm. Manuela was a Boy Scout too, by the way. So we would camp and we would cook on the fire and so that's still to me an absolute highlight and the sausage the real sausage oh. or the cervela which is a pork sausage we would when i'm in switzerland i take them over and we we i love the english sausages and we have occasionally them but you can't stick them on a you can't put them on a stick yeah, yeah. they follow yeah. so you need a grill the swiss sausages you can really put on a on a stick so we would go down in the woods in Somerset and do once a week if weather allows. And during COVID, it was uh, three times a week. We do barbecue in the woods. Fantastic. And then the kids grew up and it, to this day they do it. They do this the snake bread. Uh-huh. Okay. And Manuela, in oh. fact, is the, her grandfather and grandmother were bakers. They had a bakery. Yeah. There you go. So, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's in the, in the family. It's so it's the, baking. Yeah. Yeah. It's I don't like baking so much and I really don't like making Christmas cookies no but the kids are crazy about (laughs) so they are I think again you know the connection doing something together the family being together eating together the process and the idea that you sit down to dinner and you FaceTime you know because of the connection it really it's it's so beautiful we have 
and we show the food and we share the yeah. pictures and we send pictures of each other both they make uh, spätzle yeah. uh, elias is does loves doing spätzle how did you find being in lockdown you had your children with you oh, we were every very day lucky we yeah. were in somerset yeah. on the farm mm. and our our lockdown project was Manuela's dream of a farm shop that we opened now. Tell me about the farm shop. So it's almost a social practice. Mm -hmm. So it's an entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. approach. We invite small businesses from the area to come up with ideas for products or they have products and we sell them there in addition to our own. Uh, It's a community farm shop. And we sell a lot of produce from farmers as well. And producers, mm. small local producers. Mm. Then we have some Swiss essentials. Like uh, right. we do have some. We have two Swiss cheeses. Um, so one from where we are from, and yeah. another one from mm. uh, New York State. So beautiful. The idea that you go to a city, you go to, you go to the country, you go to you know to the wilds of Scotland, and you create. You create a link through food, and so food is connection. Food is memory of of your time in Switzerland and your grandparents. And, of course, it's also a comfort, isn't it? And so my last question to you is, what is your comfort food? My comfort food is a dish, I'm afraid it's a Swiss, I think it's a very Swiss dish, it's called Bircher Müsli. So it's a Uh, muesli. Yes. I need comfort food sometimes for breakfast, sometimes at lunch or sometimes for dinner. And it's one of the few dishes that you you can really eat any hour of the day. You can, you know, and and the peninsula in in L.A. used to have a Swiss chef and it was always the best muesli in in, in America. And I got there and I had it literally any time of the day. But it's hard to make, to make it right. It's a bit like the parsley soup. And yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it lasts all day. Yeah. It's for me and Alma, actually, my daughter, our daughter uh, put it in here as, a, as in our cookbook, yeah. Yeah. the 50-year cookbook. Yeah. Um, so it's the muesli, the Swiss burger muesli. And uh, that will be my comfort food. I'd love to share it with you one day. I'd be happy to, to try, try and make one for <laughs> you. I can do it, actually. Okay. I can do it. I'll be there. Thank you, Ivan. It's beautiful. Thank you, Ruth. I love pleasure. you. Thank you. Thank you so much. To visit the online shop of The River Cafe, go to shoptherivercafe.co.uk. River Cafe Table 4 is a production of iHeartRadio and Atomize Studios. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner. The rise, the fall. 
and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free at 